You're listening to a previously recorded episode of the Detroit Sports Rag Podcast. This show is broadcasting live from the Podcast Detroit studios in Royal Oak, Michigan. For more information about the show or our network, please visit www.podcastdetroit.com. Views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. Simon Cowell of Brooklyn. Plagiarized the work of a blogger, David Harnes. Now, what's going on with that? Where's my number? Who is condescending back? I had a few too many, and then just go home, and then just, I think, yeah. Is it true you sexually harassed a co worker in the college newspaper? It's a Detroit sports website. Uh, I don't say it. this. This 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 puke isn't even worth being mentioned. The only time we should mention him is for his obituary. Except okay. no one will care when he's dead. We're talking to T. Foss, Terry Foster, ninety-seven-one. Uh, this guy got his hands into everything: failed restaurants, failed marriages, failed liquor licenses. This guy's an animal. I make good choices nowadays. Before we get started, Jeff Moore. Is that correct? Lawrence, you here to do the interview today, or yeah. what's the deal? Yeah, no, I just... All right. Well, we, we, I'm sure Terry greatly appreciates that. The other thing is, you, you guys are raising hell out there in Detroit, aren't you? I, I, I've got some people telling me, you better not go on that show with those guys. Those guys are making everybody angry and getting them mad and doing stuff. So you're, you're creating quite a stir back there in Detroit. You guys got some cold Episode number 42 of the Detroit Sports Rag Podcast. My name is Jeff Moss. I am joined by my co-host, Jasper Apollonia, and returning off a one-week absence, suffering from Zika virus, <laughs> Jessica Sarah. I don't know what that is. Don't lie. She was, suspended. she was suspended for the same reasons I was. I'm just screaming I'm not at as you, bad as you things. are. <laughs> I should, before we start, mention that the uh, DSR podcast, as always, is brought to you by CaliTickets.com. That's C-A-L-I-Tickets.com. If you need any tickets for any shows coming up, 
I will be this Sunday attending uh, DTE, Pine Knob, to see Corn and Rob Zombie. Oh, I, dude, I love Corn. That legitimately my favorite band for like two and a half years in middle school. If you uh, want to see Corn and Rob Zombie this Sunday night, you can call Cali Tickets at 877 225 8425. If you want to see, I don't know, who else is coming here? I have no clue. I know that I'm going to see that. I'm going to see on September 1st, Prophets of Rage. I know later this year, John Oliver will be coming to, I think, the Fox Theater for two shows. So anything you need. Mention the DSR, you get a 10% discount. 10%, you cheap bastards. All you need to do is call 877-225-8425. The proprietor of calitickets.com has spent the last couple weeks in Rio de Janeiro. Getting robbed at gunpoint by by people dressed as (laughs) uh, police officers like Ryan Lochte? No, actually what he's been doing is trying to get on NBC's broadcast by yelling, hit him with the hind over and over. He's been, I guess, at volleyball, basketball, um, forget what other sports, I think track and field, yelling, hit him with the hind. Can we we talk about corn some more? Jessica, what's your favorite corn song? I don't know because I don't listen to it. I think her favorite song is A-D-I-D-A-S. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Oh, I was all twisted. Yeah. Twisted Transistor is my favorite. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Davos, little sister. Oh, I love that song. Should we mention how you insulted Jessica twice in the first? Yeah, like, okay. This before the show even shit. started, I'm gonna. Ins- I'm- oh, I am gonna call you a little shit because I'm like ten years or seniors. So when I was ten, you were like a fetus. Well, okay. so you're not that old. You're not a senior. I'm 33. Yet. Oh, okay. That's what you were saying. Sorry. Yeah. Oh I God, I am gonna stab you. <laughs> But we're sitting here, and Jasper's like, "Oh, I'm getting old. I'm 23," and I'm like, "You son of a bitch!" Well, I pulled, I pulled my my quad. So guys, you may not make it out of here alive for like the first time in my life last night, and I just it so was it's a, not because you're clumsy; it's because you're old at 23. You just yeah. started legally drinking two years ago. It's a grim reminder of all of our impending mortality that even somebody <laughs> with the vibrant. And youthful exuberance of Jasper Apollonia could fall victim to the ravages of old age that has taken Jeff like the Grim Reaper in his sleep. I thought you were playing maybe with your former friend Scott Anderson and he maybe kicked your knee out or something. No, we were playing together. Scott was on fire. I got to give credit where credit's due. He was hitting everything last night. It was driving me crazy. I'm limping up and down the court. Did you guys talk? He's just hitting fadeaway threes. No, 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 no. So that friendship's over. Yeah. Uh, if you, you, you go against me, then uh, that's it. Huh. I, I only have so much tolerance for bullshit. I'm, I'm, so. such, uh, I'm such a good influence. You, you hang out with me for a little while and people stop talking to you. That's, <laughs> that, is, that is what happens when you, uh, talk, I, when you I, hang out with I, Jeff Moss. No, in, in my defense, I blocked him. So. Oh, okay. Well, I do that too. So you're the one that broke up with him. The other thing you insulted her was not – you said everybody in the – If only I could have done the same thing with my girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, but, everyone in sorry, the world buddy. you told said knows <laughs> – want some realism. Everyone in the world knows the term jump the shark and then yeah, – Which insulted that. Jessica because she doesn't know. Yeah, I don't. Uh, it's Dick. Who doesn't know jump uh, the Je- shark? Jessica. I'm muting you. <laughs> Go ahead. Say something. What is this? <laughs> Who are you – what are you uh, – what's that guy's name? On, on that show when they mute. That guy on that show. Wow, know. thank you for getting uh, ESPN real <laughs> used to be Stat Tony Reale. Tony Reale. Tony Reale. I didn't know we had that. We can mute him? Yeah. Okay, well, if I do this, like the old Carol Burnett with my air, <laughs> that means mute him. Okay. Carol so, Burnett was a fraud and a hack. Wow. I, 
that's not good. that's not one of the topics today. Very outspoken. So <laughs> we're going to get into my breaking news uh, regarding Greg Henson's triumphant return to the uh, Michigan radio market. We're going to start off the show with that, but I want to give a preview of what we're going to do tonight because there's really not anything to get too in depth on. I don't think uh, in the sports world. So uh, I've done about five minutes of show prep, and I took. Like, I don't know, eight or nine topics. I'm shaking this up in this cup. I put them on a piece of paper. I wrote the topic, and I crumbled them up, and I put them in a cup. So we're going to pull these out of uh, of this red cup, and we're just going to talk about these topics as they come in. So I Jasper doesn't even know what the topics are. Yeah. I know what they Jeff, are, obviously. Jeff didn't tell me. No. So. so we'll just... We're just going to hit a bunch of different stuff. We've never really done this on the podcast. Usually we come in and go, okay, we've got three or four things to talk about. But there's like eight or nine things we're going to discuss for <laughs> maybe five or six minutes each, and that's how we're going to handle the show. Even in a, like a leak like last week when we had nothing to talk about, we at least had something that could fill an hour and a half. We don't even have that this week. So. Well, there's, there's like a lot of little small yeah. topics um, to discuss, but just nothing – I don't think you need to talk, you know, spend 30 minutes on. Yeah, I don't think either of you, either of us have uh, an hour and a half to spend on your third tight end topic. So, no. 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 Sorry, and, Andrew. And, and, and unlike 97.1, which I was told today because someone posted on our Facebook page, uh, here, what was that conversation? Uh, Scott Anderson. Oh, my God. <laughs> which, which car brand has the worst drivers? That was a topic on Sports Talk Radio today. <laughs> Which car brand has the worst drivers? Look at the and here's the picture of the host, Jessica. Give me an impression. How how desperate would you have to be? How many months without sex would you have to go to even fathom touching that human? I being? would become a nun before I ever touched him. Jessica appears. Wait, concerned. I can't do that. You have to be a virgin, don't you? Uh, no, n- no, no. <laughs> I think I think you have to just. Keep, yeah. you know, afterwards. He, he's a yeah. virgin, though. I would rather chew on glass and cut off my own boobs than have sex with So that you're not guy. a big fan of Scott Anderson? Well, the other not, Scott Anderson. not visually yeah. okay. at all. I don't know the guy. But. Yeah, well, when you get to meet his, when you know his personality, I'm sure you'll just be willing to just jump into bed with oh, him. Oh, he's got I a mean, crappy personality to go along with his oh, crappy oh, oh, looks? No, he's got oh, like yeah. a double life fail. You have to have one or the other or both in a positive manner. You can't have both negatives. That's I, I, just, you suck at life bad if that happens. I don't know what you're talking about, Jeff. He's got a great personality. I mean, he's got the type of personality that comes up with a show topic like – which car brand has the worst drivers? You know, that's got to be somebody with a lot of personality. By to the way, that, that same gentleman this week was having a discussion whether he'd rather be Usain Bolt or Michael Phelps. And he said that he'd rather be Usain Bolt because he used to be a swimmer and he kind of knows what that's like. Uh, really? Yeah. Well, that he, guy should probably go kill himself. He, he, wow. His nickname, <laughs> Sorry, that was his a little nickname, strong, His nickname <laughs> is the manatee and the virginal whale. So, well, uh, yeah. So he, he is known to be in water plenty. All right. So the, what's the breaking news, which over the weekend I had uh, promoted that Greg Henson, former program director of WDFN, 1270, uh, he's been on a world tour since he left Detroit. After getting fired by 97.1 about, I don't know, I think uh, 11 years ago or something. Uh, Greg Henson uh, currently is a program director in Pittsburgh for an ESPN radio station for iHeartRadio, formerly Clear Channel. Uh, Greg Henson, who was one of the, basically the founding fathers of WDFN, tomorrow at 3 p.m. will be returning to AM 1130 to co-host 
a afternoon drive show between three and six with two gentlemen from Grand Rapids, Drew McCarthy and Jim Costa. Uh, those are the guys who replaced Sean Belisian when Sean, back last fall, I think in November, left 96.1 in Grand Rapids to take a job at 105.1, Detroit Sports 105.1. Uh, this is not the first time that WDFN has tried a simulcast of a show in Detroit and Grand Rapids with a three-headed monster booth. A few years back, before Tom Kowalski passed away, it was Belizean, Kowalski, and Ryan Terpstra, a gentleman who's been a guest host on this show in the past. So that's what they're going to do. Um, DFN will have Shepard, Matt Shepard, in the mornings. And we'll have Henson. I, I guess Henson will probably be the one who will be uh, taking control of the show, I guess. I, I can't imagine. I think he'll be the alpha male on that program. Uh, he will be broadcasting from his offices in Pittsburgh. He's staying in the Steel City to be the PD there. It, it's a no-brainer to me. They were running Jay Moore. Wow, I mean that's who, a that's a hot name in 1996. Uh, yeah, uh, I think he's dating. I think he's married to Bob Goldthwaite's ex-wife. The girl. I, what was ever that, see a, what was uh, that show where he where where she, what was her name? Nikki Cox, where she talked yeah. to a puppet. Oh, I was gonna say Bobcat Goldthwait, uh, Man of the Year is like one of my favorite Robin Williams, Father of the Year. Sorry, by the way, one if of I, my if favorite I, like Robin Williams performances ever. It's fucking hilarious. By the way, if I told you that. <laughs> WDFN had an afternoon drive show, <laughs> and I said it's either hosted by Bobcat Goldthwait or Jay Moore. Would you even have known? <laughs> no. I, I mean, I run a sports uh, website that's dedicated to covering Detroit sports media. Most of the followers on Facebook or Twitter are, are basically interested in both, you know, the Detroit sports teams and the. Ra- I, I bet you ten percent of the people couldn't have told you that Jay Moore. Jay Moore, the, one of the gay guys in Go, <laughs> was uh, hosting the afternoon drive show. So to me, this is just absolute. You know, Henson's a, an iHeartRadio employee anyway in Pittsburgh. You got him, so you know, throw him on there with a couple guys, see if you can get some ratings. I'm actually, and I'm going to get your ask your opinion on this. I'm actually more interested in what's going to happen in the Grand Rapids market than in Detroit because we know that. I mean, look. 97.1 is a juggernaut, basically because they, they, they talk about other things other than sports. It's basically guy talk and with a little bit of sports added in on the FM dial. WDFN has no chance. I mean, there's, this is not a legitimate no. fight. This is, no, no. This is taking a butter knife to a nuclear arms war, basically. Well, if 105.1 could have gone, I mean, you can say what you will about the effort that they put in, uh, the time they put in, but... They at least put the money in there at, right. at some point, and they had a sports station. Uh, WDFN's not going to be that. It's just one afternoon drive show. Well, I mean, Shepard is not—I mean, look, you, I don't even think if you go— It's just—it's not you, legit competition. If you go, not trying to be. If you go on the ratings, I don't even think WDFN—I'm not even sure. Let me check. Why you, why you, give me your opinion about what's going to happen between uh, Simonson, Bill Simonson, our friend. Well, yeah, obviously. That's, that's, what's your opinion of what's going to happen there with us, Henson going head-to-head against Simonson? Well, that's, that's more of a fair fight. Well, hmm, I, that's a, it's a weird question because it's like Simonson brags about 
all these Twitter and or not even Twitter really. He's really got a lot of Facebook followers. All these downloads he's doing, um, and he especially seems to do that when he's threatened in any way, shape, or form. Whenever and, I yeah, whenever I and what's him. and what's the first thing he did today when this sort of broke was he thanked him. And yesterday he was talking about how many Facebook all right. this he had. It does seem as though he's smart enough to understand that. This is going to be actual competition because Henson's not going to be quiet. Well, here, here I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't here for. I'm, I'm. I was so young when Henson was really in his prime in this market, but I do know the guy's personality to a certain extent, and I know what he likes to do to a certain extent, and I don't think he's going to sit back and not make something happen with Simonson here. Well, let's put it this way: in Grand Rapids, uh, Belizean was beating. Simonson regularly, and he was doing the show out of his office in in his house in Northville. Um, and Sean is obviously who we had on in, on the air for two hours interviewing him a few weeks ago. He, he's not the kind of guy who's going to attack no. anyone. No, um, even when it's justifiable, he's really not going to attack anyone. Henson, on the other hand, you weren't around, um, but Henson used to attack Chuck Swarsky, who was the uh, WJR sports rap guy. Uh, when he was at DFN, he would run promos making fun of XYT. When he was at XYT, they run promos. So, you know, he, that's Henson's personality. Well, on He's the other- going to attack, and not only is he going to attack, he has such a canvas to work with with both um, Simonson, and if he chooses, I don't, I don't know what he's going to do with, D, with uh, X, XYT, how much he's going to go after them. Because like I said, I, and as I pulled this up, these were the the, the radio ratings uh, for July in Detroit, and it lists I don't know about twenty five stations. This is how bad DFN with Matt Shepard. I don't know what the hell they're running in afternoon. Um, excuse me, middays, and then Jay Moore. They didn't even hit a point one rating. They don't even make the list. Ooh. WXYT, which is F A the AM version, where they run uh, CBS Sports. Programming, I believe, they got a point one. WDFN didn't even ostensibly nobody's listening to Matt Shepard, Jay Moore, and whatever else they're programming on WDFN. So whatever Henson can do with Costa and this Drew McCarthy guy, it is better than what they're getting now. I mean, they're getting absolutely nothing. Which is, I wonder why if they were going to do anything, why did they just didn't make Henson the PD? Let him hire some people. Obviously, most people don't know Matt Shepard's doing a show in the morning. I bet you more people know today just because of my tweets. Tony Paul's going to mention it. I'm sure it's going to be mentioned by others. I'm sure the Free Press will cover that Henson's coming back. This is the most attention DFN's received probably since Stoney and Wojo got summarily dismissed the day Obama was inaugurated in 2009. Well, but I think you bring up a point there that can't be ignored is that they didn't make Henson the PD. So when we say like, oh, we th- we I don't know we- they have a PD at WDFN, but yeah, I, I I don't know either. But what I'm saying is, how much power is he really going to have in order to go after uh, somebody like Simonson? Are they even going to let him? We saw what happened at 105.1. Well, even sure. even Belizean was saying there was points where he felt it might have been appropriate, not necessarily for him, but for somebody else to to start talking about 97.1. And that just didn't happen there. So I have to wonder, are they going to really let Henson do 
what Henson does best? Well, or are is, they going to handcuff him there in is some a, way? There is a program director at uh, 96.1 in Grand Rapids. I actually met him because I was at the Tigers game a couple weeks ago, a couple Saturdays ago. Mm-hmm. Um, can't remember. They won that game. I don't even, man, I'm, I'm so Well, they won. They, a couple weeks ago, Saturday. they were winning plenty of games. Saturday. But. It was the, the last game they'd won for a while. Then they went. They lost on Sunday, and then they went on the road and so lost. So a White Sox then, right? I don't even remember. But anyway, Henson was there with the guys from Grand Rapids, with McCarthy, um, Costa, and the program director. I think his name's KC. And it seemed to be, because the program director seems to be kind of a guy who's probably going to let Henson do what Henson wants to do. Okay. So, I mean, I don't know that situation. I I just had to wonder it will be interesting. how much power they are really going to give him, how free, how much free reign they're, they're going to give him. So, Well, I think the litmus test for that will be how much I'm involved. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. And let me tell you something. If Henson goes full Henson like he used to back in the late 90s, um, mid-90s, Bill Simonson's going to be in for a world of hurt because I laid out the uh, game plan. There is a map for Henson to attack Simonson, and we know he doesn't take two attacks very well. He usually threatens litigation. Uh, he did it to his current morning guy at his own station, Eric Zane, when they were in competition. He's done it to the Michigan buzz board. The only person he never he he never threatened to sue was me, and I think he knew that he was going to be outlawed if he tried that, and I didn't get a, a significant shit. margin. Yeah. So, so we'll see. It, it's going to be interesting. Like I said, I don't know. We'll see what, if Henson goes after ninety-seven-one. It's kind of David versus Goliath there. I'm guessing if he gets a point five rating, which would be you know WRCJ. City of Detroit classical. Who can forget them? Yeah. Or, you know, if he gets up to that, it'd be like, it's, it, it's one good thing for Henson is he's got nowhere to, you can't go down. You're not even listed in the ratings here, WDFN. And this was a station that back in the day, they were the number one station in town, sports wise. Well, and, 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 and not only that, Wojo and Stoney were the one or two highest rated 25 to 54 male demographic program. Well, and I think something like the fact that, like you said, WDFN does have name value in this in this city. Uh, I also think that Greg Henson has some level of name value in this city in a way that somebody like Jim Costa doesn't at, right. at this point in his career. Well, so I think it's definitely a, a win-win for both sides. It lets Henson get his foot back into the Detroit market, which is something that we know he has wanted for a long time. Yeah. He's very happy, I can tell you that. Yes, and it gives him also the chance to take a chunk out of Simonson's audience, gives him a chance to show what he can do, and so for the DSR, I think it's a a double boon, no matter what happens, whether he succeeds or whether he fails, uh, there's certainly going to be some sort of fireworks, and I would be shocked if you're not involved, Jeff. Well, here's the thing. The stumbling blocks are this. I mean, you're in Pittsburgh trying to do a Detroit sports show. And he hasn't been, you know, he follows it somewhat, but there's, that's going to be an issue. It's harder um, when you're not there. The que- the real question is, what would you, if I set the over under at three and a half months, are you going over or under before Henson and I are not talking? Where there's an absolute, <laughs> well, wait, um, that absolute depends. nuclear war 
where we have to get Taylor Phillips and Ian Reed Kessler back to read, <laughs> do a, a two man stage play. I don't know. I'm trying to three think. and a half months. I'm I, trying I, to, I need to know right now. Well, I'm going to take the under because there's no way that it's not going to happen multiple times within that four month span. Actually, within three there's and a half months, be- <laughs> we'll probably kill each other and then that's be friends again. That's, that's what I'm saying. There's going to be multiple breakups. So it, it depends. Are you putting it at four months where you're going to be in the middle of one of those stretches or you're well, not going to be in well, the middle see, of Henson's one of those stretches? Smart, Henson is smart enough to see what happened with 105.1. Oh, wait, wait. Actually, I know the answer. It's under. The election's in November. Easy. Well, there's no listen, way you guys I, are on speaking terms if I, after the if election. If I have ignored all of his pro-Trump nonsense for the last year, I think I can do it for another three months. No, oh, like it's not going to ramp Especially up. since there is the, this is just going to be a victory parade. But here's here's the thing. Henson's smart enough to know that he need that he should align with the DSR uh, to bring me on board whatever he's doing. Not that I won't go after him or go after anyone on the station, but it would be better to be my friend than my enemy. The problem with that station is I don't think Matt Shepard understands that. And now that DFN's getting back into this this game where I'm going to have to be paying attention to them, uh, poor Shep, if he's the one who prevents me from trying to join forces somewhat. Well, here's how I kind of look at it. And go after 97-1 and Bill Simonson. Uh, here's how I kind of look at it. But Shepard's not bright enough to, to understand this. I think I maybe think. if Henson plays his cards right, he doesn't have to align himself with you and he can still get you to take the piss out of his competition because the fact that he's not Simonson <laughs> I'm dead serious I think in your eyes I mean, is going care. to you're going to cut him some slack yeah, but inevitably not and really. you're going to and you're going to go after Simonson more heavily I do think that's the case All right we will see and maybe maybe well So I don't know if he has to align himself with you as Henson, publicly as you might want Henson can't be on the show anymore because he's going to be doing a show from Well I guess he could do it from 6 to 7 he'll be on 3 to 6 All right so we've got a um, bunch of topics in this cup. <laughs> All right. Uh, one of them is kind of a minefield. So I hope we don't hit that one. I think right I know which bat. one you're talking yeah. about. All right. So I'm going to pull pull one out. We're going to talk about this. So let's see. Well, what shouldn't it is. shouldn't I pull it out? Since I don't know what they are. Here, you can read it. Yeah. You, not, you probably won't be able to read my writing. It's kind of shorthand. So. Okay. Well, we'll see. see <laughs> if it's too works. bad, then then we'll just scrap the idea. Okay. See, I don't know what they are. What the fuck I told is this? You. <laughs> That's why. Thanks. I, I can Let read, me produce the I can show read more one. Up. I can read one word of that. Tigers. Okay. You ripped half the other word. That's You're, the problem. That is true. It's not, not my fault. Yeah, it, I will. I, I, it's hard for me to admit that I'm I'm wrong, but this is my fault. So the question is, the topic is Mike Avilas pinch hitting last night for Dixon Machado in a one run game with first and second and two outs. Uh, your opinion, Mr. Apollonia. Oh, God. I mean, it's hard for me to uh, say either one. I, I don't see – Dixon Machado just got called up, what, uh, a week ago? Not even a week ago. Right. Not even a week ago. Um, he's a guy who I, I believe the biggest question has always been his bat, if I'm not mistaken – uh, not necessarily his defensive prowess. Well, let me stop you there. So, let me stop you there. If the biggest question, if there is a question, if he has a bat, we know the answer to the question if, if Mike Avilas has a bat. Yeah, but Mike Avilas because at whole, least has spent time in the major I don't leagues. care. I'd rather have Ryan Armani up there. Is that, do you really want to throw, Avilas. do you really want to throw a rookie 
who has not proven himself in any way. You don't know how he's going to feel Mike about Avila's this. Mike Avila's proved himself. Hold on. Mike Avila's. This is the person who was pinch hitting yesterday. And I hold both Brad Osmus and Al Avila accountable for this. This is the man who pinch hit last night. Against a righty. A righty, by the way. 211 batting average. 260 on base percentage. 271 Slugging percent, a slugging percentage of two seventy one. I, I hope you're not trying to get me to like a to OPS, defend Mike Avila here. He's an terrible. O, an OPS plus of forty six. Forty six. <laughs> this isn't an anomaly, by the way. The Tigers signed this guy coming off a on base percentage of two eighty two and a slugging percentage of three seventeen for an OPS plus of sixty. This guy is human garbage. He's proved he's human garbage for a decade. Dixon Machado. Has an OPS of 645 in, in AAA. That's fine. I'd rather, I take my, I take my chances. I mean, I mean, I, no, I, I'm sorry. I can't, I can't defend that line of thinking. I can't. Dixon Machado might surprise, this guy's never seen Dixon Machado. But you know what else pitcher, could happen? You know probably. what else could happen is he strikes out on three straight pitches and then the Who next cares? day. No, and then the next day people are talking about how this rookie, Came up short in a big spot. Nobody's going to know they're not. Or even if they're Nobody's not, care. he might be thinking it. You don't I, when, pinch when it, hit Michael Vilas. Think about that sentence well, for one the, minute. The bigger issue you for pinch me, hit Michael The bigger Vilas. issue for me, Jeff, is that Michael Vilas is on this roster at all. Well, that's the that's the second point. This is so that's, Brad. Osmus, that's the issue. Okay, so Brad, I, I, I don't see any real difference between letting Dixon Machado and Mike Avilas hit in that situation. Other than I think maybe if if that at bat goes really poorly, you might fuck with Dixon Machado's no, confidence please, a little bit. Bat in the guy's and he's career. a guy who who hasn't hit at the minor league level. First of when all, you you're wrong. First of all, you're wrong. How am I wrong? Because this year in the minors, I just went up and looked at his stats. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking at 2015. Yeah, thank sorry. you. Uh, no, that's He's my got mistake. an on-base percentage of 356. Uh, still, an and OPS a, of 710 is not blowing anybody away when you're in AAA. No, it's not. But it, compared not. to Mike Avilas, uh, it is. Not to mention the guy's been hot recently down there, which is part of the reason he got called up. If you want to look at his splits, uh, in July, the guy had, uh, you know, oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. In August, he had a he he was batting a 350 with a 481 OPS and a 500 slugging percentage in about 40 at bats, and that's kind of why I got called up. I, so I mean, look, I'm not you don't trying pitch to... it. You don't pitch it. But to your point about Avila, and we've this is I don't want to hit on this for too long because we're gonna we got a bunch of topics to get to. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it's August 16th, and that bench yesterday was Mike Avila's and Andrew Romine. Is, is is just an embarrassment. And when you already have injuries to Castellanos, Iglesias, Mabin, you've got the corpse of Justin Upton, which we might get into later if we pull that card. Uh, you don't have the luxury of having Michael Hills and Andrew Romine being the bench guys. You Stephen Moya needs to be on this team as a bench bat. Exactly. And, and that's really what's getting to the heart of the problem. The fact that Mike Avilas, you can go either way. I'm sorry. I think it doesn't really matter whether you were batting Dixon Machado or Mike Avilas. The fact of the matter is, I don't think either of them should have been batting in that situation. It should have been someone like Stephen Moya, somebody who did come up earlier this year and proved that while he can't field for shit, he can at least bat a little bit. 
He can at least do something. No, that's, that, this is a perfect time. Look, he's had enough at-bats between AAA and, and, and MLB this year. You're not going to be stunning his growth if you call him up on April 5th, or August 5th, excuse me, and he sits there waiting for that opportunity. Guy at first and second, two outs, you, you pinch hit him, and you hope he runs into one. Trademark Jim Leland. It, it, it's, abs- it's absolutely astounding to me that Avila's Romine, Romine Avila, they're still on the roster. It just it makes no sense. But well, and this was my big this was my big issue back at the trade deadline. This this team doesn't have the depth. The team doesn't have the depth, and they've gotten really lucky that the starting pitching has been pretty damn good lately. Pretty damn good. It's been the second best in the American League uh, that, since the All Star break. I mean, there you go. It's been great. I, and and they've been getting contributions from guys who you wouldn't think would help. I mean, say what you will. Sanchez had a couple decent starts in there. Norris, for whatever issues he's having with his control, has limited the kept damage. Him in the game. He's kept, he's in kept the game. them in the game. Fulmer and, and Verlander, and we will get to that. We will get to Fulmer, Fulmer and Verlander. So I, actually, I'm going to just end no, it right we're here. We're, we're, okay, well, yeah, don't get into that. Yeah, yeah, it's it just it's just absolutely ridiculous. And the fact, and I said I tweeted last night, we finally get the starting pitching in the bullpen, kind of on on, on you know good terms. <laughs> but then, and then, but then you get and, injuries, and now you've got. Every day it's like a Wes Craven movie where another starting uh, position player now Miggy's out tonight. It's it's ab- it's absolutely it's absolutely ridiculous. I'm just it's happy. Just, I'm honestly. I think if you're a Tigers fan, you just have to be happy that somebody like Victor Martinez has somehow stayed healthy in his advanced age, considering all the fucking young guys that are going down with injuries. Uh, I mean, Zimmerman's not exactly young, but uh, JD. Iglesias, Castellanos, these young guys that you've been really depending on a lot this year, and, and especially somebody like Iglesias who you've had to depend on in spots that you don't really want him to be the guy you're depending on where he's batting second in the order, first in the order with with an OPS under 700. Right. So it, it's unfortunate. All right, can you read this one? This one should be easy for you to read. That's the next topic pulled out of the cup. Can you read that? Is that one? actually is that is the same milk? Jesus oh, Malik, 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 yeah. George Malik. Thank God. Huh. Uh, thank you. <laughs> so we we have to touch on this subject. No, we haven't. We have to. I said. Oh, oh, yes. And I wrote an article about this the other day. Uh, this is just absolutely astonishing to me. So if you're not familiar with George Malik or Malik's work, well. Is it really that astonishing to you, considering the yeah, this the, is considering journalism in in the last five ten years where it's going? Well, for a blogger to do what he did, yeah, it's pretty amazing to me. Uh, it, so this guy, he runs what? What's the website? I don't even know. Uh, Kulka's, it's Kukla's Kulka's Corner. Corner. He runs the the Red Wings version, whatever. Uh, the niche for the Red Wings on there. He, yeah, he posts the Ma- blog. Um, oh God, what's his? What's the name of it? Uh, the Malik Report. Yeah, Malik Report. The Malik Report. The Milk Report. So <laughs> the Milk Report. So this guy, it, he he writes a lot. He also regurgitates a lot. And basically, that Kukla's Corner is a waste of time to me. It's it's basically the NHL version of MLB trade rumors. Uh, you know, Answer Khan writes something about the Red Wings having no interest in X player, and then. Kukla's Corner tweets it out by on their own with a post, which is basically saying the exact same thing. It's absolute, uh, just it's the nonsense. Chris, it's the Chris Broussard 
of uh, of hockey blogs. Except for they give credit, I guess. <laughs> I but guess, yeah, I suppose. It, it's just it just it's just a waste of time. And, and I don't think they're opinion. all homophobes. That not that I know. Of. Yeah. So I've left this guy alone. The, the, Malik is terrible. He's been a co- Ken Holland apologist for many years. Um, I but, remember, but who in a, in this town other than you with a voice hasn't been? Uh, well, there's been some bloggers anyway. I mean, I don't think the Winging and Motown guys are, are Red Wing slapdicks. And okay, Ken that's, that's fair. Prashant obviously isn't. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, they, I, I I take your point. So this guy for a year to the point this this is a few years ago there was an issue about an injury and a suspension I think Johan Franzen might have got high I don't remember what it was and the Red Wing fan base was outraged that the player didn't get suspended or something I don't really remember all the details but Ken Holland wanted to explain it to the Red Wing fans what happened and he went out of his way to pick Malik as the guy because he thought oh this guy does a good job blogging. And he's a, he's he's a good conduit to the fan base. Like if Ken Holland thought I was a good blogger and representative of the Red Wing fan base, I would literally kill myself. So if Ken Holland, if you want me dead, uh, ask to ask me to uh, be the conduit to the fans. But that's what that's how that's what a slapdick and Ken Holland apologist that, that uh, George Malik is. Careful if you if you say that you might end up getting a Tim Twentyman's job. Yeah, right. He's he he is Ken Holland's favorite blogger. That that should be on his tombstone. All right. I've left this guy alone because he's written about his depression issues in the past, and you know I, I just didn't want to gang up on him. But what he pulled last week on Dan Milstein, who is the mortgage broker slash agent for Pavel Datsuk who helped orchestrate Pavel Datsuk's exit from the Red Wings, even though he made a three-year commitment to the team to go back to Russia and then basically did a victory dance on Twitter celebrating how he helped facilitate this. He's a, he's a scam artist. Well, Alleged. I don't, I, 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 I don't know I'll, if he's a scam artist. <laughs> well, I, I that mean— That was Jasper, by the way. I don't want to get sued <laughs> by anyone else. I've already, I already got cease and desist letters in the mailbox, uh, certified mail. So I don't really want to say he's a scammer. All I know is— he claims to be this agent. Other than Alexei Merchenko and Datsuk, I don't know who else he represents. I've gone on his website trying to find out other players that he represents. I haven't been able to find it. So maybe if Dan Milstein wants to email me, he can tell me what other NHL players he's representing. He's got a website uh, for his agency. And apparently, unbeknownst to the public, he hired George Malik to work on his blog. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, Jeff, I actually did find um, other clients that he represents. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Um, this will be interesting. Yeah, according to um, this, uh, his his management group, Gold Star Sports Management Group, is one of the companies operating under the Gold Star family of companies umbrella. Now, it's one of the more well-known top emerging sport management agencies and one that it boasts an impressive clientele. So, um, yeah, Ooh. it's – it's uh, no, uh, I just said it's an impressive clientele, which includes Pavel Datsuk. It doesn't say – but it doesn't list anyone else. Well, it's uh, imp- 
impressive, impressive clientele. That's I thought you clientele. were going to give me the fucking name of somebody. I'm <laughs> no, looking for a name. No, I'm not. You know, why? you know why? Because I'm going to give you the exact same amount of information that we got from the interview questions that George right. Malik asked. So he, he doesn't ask any fucking questions. So, Ma- so Malik, supposedly, which I don't even know if I believe, asked questions of Milstein for this blog about the agency. This is one of the questions. Gold Star Sports Management Group, one of the companies operating... Oh, that's what you just read? <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, okay. Yes, that's exactly what how, I just How read. has Gold Star Management been able to rise to the top so quickly when others have been trying to reach a level for decades? I have the answer for that. You're friends with Pavel Datsuk. <laughs> Here's how you get into the agency business. You're friends with a superstar who makes $7 million a year. Because from what I was told... Datsuk's previous agent who negotiated supposedly his last deal in the NHL, Gary Greenman, really wasn't his agent. That Milstein was using basically Greenman as a dummy while negotiating the deal because he didn't have his license at that time to be an NHL agent. So it appears the way to rise to the top quickly is to be friends with Pavel Datsuk. How much Mi- is seven million in rubles? I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. The, here's here's a, here's another question uh, that Malik supposedly asked of Milstein, and you definitely have the business piece. I know you set the finance and banking world on fire with innovative <laughs> strategy and parlayed that off the chart success into a string of best selling books. Would you say you're breaking with tradition in sports management as well? First, that's where, this is where I get to the point where I don't think Malik even asked these questions. He there's, certainly didn't come up with them. There's no way, unless unless Milstein said, "I need, I want you to ask this question in this format," and you definitely have the business piece. I know you've set the fight. Who talks like that? Even Malik wouldn't talk about his hero Ken Holland like that. Or Mike Babcock. It's it's P, it's PR speak, right? It's complete PR speak. Okay, so this is where I have the um, such a major issue with Malik. Malik read this. He read what was put in. If he, even if he didn't ask the questions, I'm guessing he asked, "Would you say you're breaking with tradition in sports management?" I'm guessing that was the question he asked, and then Milstein filled in the rest. Okay, so disavow yourself from it. Say, I didn't ask these questions. This is PR fluff from Milstein's Gold Star Management. I asked legitimate, I, I asked questions, and then they flowered them up. That's all he had to say. But did he do that? No. What he did was nothing. He no, he did. He went on his own blog, which he's cultivated a following uh, by regurgitating Answer Con and Helene St. James stuff, and then adding stuff like uh, the Red Wings need Dan Cleary in the locker room because they need a. Uh, they need his presence. And, you know, the minute things went south a few years ago with the kids, one I remember one game, you know, Nyquist that year, Tatar had saved the team, Shahan had come up. And I remember we played one game where we lost, and George Malik goes on his website and says, see, this is why you need veterans. In, this is why you need veterans. Like, one game. The only reason the Red Wings made the playoffs that year was the kids. That's the kind of guy we're talking about here. That's how we got a fan base, I guess. He links this art, this this PR piece, 
from his own blog. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. I did not know that. Yeah. Oh, I saw the – okay, because no, I read no, the no, Winging no, no, no. It in Motown article. I, I read, obviously, your article as well, and I got the impression that this was something that got published. It got published on, on Milstein's on website. On Milstein's website, but that was it. No, 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 no. Malik went on his website and posted the link. And he didn't say – And he didn't say that he, that he was had paid been paid by them? for, that he was in the employment – of Dan Milstein? No, he didn't say any of that. Uh, I don't know. So how what the, happened? I don't know was, how I missed this. That's, so what that's happened unbelievable. Was, yeah. So what happened was the winging in Motown um, Twitter account on August twelfth, the day it was posted, said, honest question: Were you compensated for that Milstein interview? And Malik responded, "Quote: I work for Gold Star Hockey now. I'm compensated for work on my blog. For, wow. For, on their blog." Yeah, and he linked it, and I think Kukla's Corner tweeted it out. Well, you know what, Jeff? I, it doesn't matter whether it doesn't matter whether uh, he asked questions similar to those and they got fussied up. Right. It doesn't matter whether he was handed a list of questions that read like that and he read them himself. It doesn't matter if nothing even happened and he just attached his name to it. It doesn't even matter if he asked those questions in that exact way by himself. If he is going to act as though he's a journalist and he's going to essentially write a PR piece and not reveal it before somebody has to ask. That's unethical, it, period. It, yeah, it was, it's, it's completely, period. terribly unethical. And the only thing you have when you're a blogger, because, you know, if you work for the free press or the news or MLive, allegedly you're becoming credible just because you're associated with that paper. We don't believe that, but a lot of people out there do. Um, we know the Drew Sharps of the world and the Anthony Fenix. At this point, working for a paper, you have no more credibility than being a blogger. But as a blogger, all you have is your credibility. People are going to judge my blog based on what I put into it, right? So if I write a rumor and it doesn't come out to be true, people are going to judge me based on that. Credibility is right. perception. That's all you have it is, is credibility. Perception. And this guy goes on, gets hired by this pariah that a large percent of the Red Wing fan base can't stand because of what happened with Pavel Datsuk going back to Russia and his part in it. He gets hired by this guy, per- participates in this nonsense, links it to his blog, it gets tweeted out, and he doesn't mention it. Then he's called upon it again and he says, quote, I've got to work for a living. It pays the bills. <laughs> Listen. If your blog, which mine, can't pay the bills, get a real job. Get a job at a bank. Get a job at CVS as a cashier. Get a job anywhere and do the blog at night as as a hobby, like me. But don't give me this bullshit, I've got to work for a living, it pays the bills. You can't. Anyone who reads this guy's blog moving forward is out of their mind. Even Terry Foster, as I said in my article, Terry Foster, five-tool imbecile, dummy, knows that when he's promoting Xfinity for Comcast and getting paid, he's got a hashtag advertisement on that. He's got to do it. Even Terry Foster, well, I, failed I restaurateur, that, failed candy if. Uh, Per business. It's a, that's actually a legal issue, though, Jeff. Oh, what 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 I, Malik did right. is not illegal in any way. It's just totally unethical. unethical. Totally unethical. It's unethical. And yeah, if uh, here's my favorite. I, he can I, only, he has to 
gives some sort of apology. He has to, in the future, if he's going to pay the bills like this, he has to make sure that he's clearly labeling anything that is paid PR as paid PR. Right. Otherwise, you like we said, you have line. no credibility. You can't cross that line. You don't line. see Tony Paul writing uh writing Why wouldn't fluff I question pieces? that Ken Holland's been giving you money now at this point? Based on your history, based on your history of fluffing the guy, if you, I have to question if, that. If you don't and if especially if you don't reveal it unless pressed. All right. So this is this gets even worse, okay? So and now, in this case it was just so obvious. So now uh, JJ from Kansas, who is the person who wrote the article, mm-hmm. uh, that's his Twitter handle. I don't know his real name. I'd give him credit if I knew. I'm not sure if his real name's even out there. But JJ from Kansas is the correspondent for Winging at Motown. He tweets out that I've been accused of character assassination by George Malik, who asked complaints to be brought up in private. Funny, I don't see an email. Malik says, quote, and I asked that complaints be brought to my quote-unquote face and gives his email out. You put something in the public public domain, okay? Not only did you write a blog or ask questions, supposedly, of Milstein, you linked it to your from your own account so you would get your six or 7,000 followers to read it. That's out there. Nobody owes you anything to come to you privately your Dan Milstein piece wasn't private you get attacked in the public where you put this out this this I mean you he as bad as what he did was everything he did following made it even worse including another Twitter follower attacking him and he's saying telling him he's got no integrity George Malik telling people you got no integrity. You're taking a paycheck. At least at least we know Tim Twentyman and Mike O'Hara are taking paychecks from the Detroit Lions. At least we know Keith Langloy is taking money from Tom Gores to work on the Piston website. We know that. It's above board. What you did was exponentially worse. That's how bad you are. Tim Twentyman has a higher ground on you, George Malik. This is apt. And instead of just saying... I'm disavowing anything I've done. I was 100% wrong. I'm not going to write on this guy's blog anymore. If you want to take me seriously as a Red Wing blogger, he did none of that. He attacks the person who criticizes him. He goes after other people, and he's going to continue doing this? This is just absolutely— And and by the way, the fact that Milstein went to him, to Malik, to give him this job— that also tells you everything you need to know about George Malik. And, you know, there's plenty of now good Red Wing blogs out there. Um, you can read Prashanth. Um, you know, if you, there's, there are other good writers for Winging in Motown. This is just, to me, it's almost like there's no coming back from it. Not only just because of what he originally did, but how he reacted to it. I don't, he says, I knew this was going to be controversial. I knew it was going to be a controversial topic. The so, question. So then that's exactly why he avoided it, which is like, no, that's no, no, not no, no. the point. He said the questions he asked, he thought the questions he was asking Milstein were controversial. Were controversial. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, maybe to anyone with, to with maybe to anyone with a sense of logic or, maybe they or were, journalistic no, integrity. They were, they were controversial maybe to legitimate NHL agents. Uh, that's just ridiculous. Well, here's, here's what I have to wonder, though, is... What if we can't figure out who the hell else Dan Milstein is representing? 
Is he so he's still on the payroll for Gold Star Management? What's going on there? I I feel as though there's almost Malik. If if oh. he's getting paid by them, is this going to be a regular occurrence? If so, why? Why? What can he offer Milstein that now that Pavel Datsuk is gone, does Milstein really need that many puff pieces on Alexei Marchenko? I, I don't know. I don't know. No, I, I really wonder what's we'll what's see. going on there. And and I, yeah, I, I, I actually am going to say this. I worry about Dan Milstein possibly having future influence over what happens with Red Wings players. Well, we've talked about that in the past. But that's one, th- that's one good point you make is that going forward, if he's working for Milstein, if you write something about Alex, Alexei Marchenko not being in the lineup or something, how can you take that on face value? Anything he writes about Alexei Marchenko while he's – being paid by Dan Milstein, uh, he should he should put a he, every time he writes about Marchenko, he should put there in his article. I work for the same company as Marchenko's agent. And Absolutely, ESPN does the same thing yeah. for Disney movies. With that, we will take a break. And by the way, Drew Sharp, who used to write Piston articles, never mentioned that he was related to Scott Perry, who was like the second in command or third in command to Joe Dumars. So. There's a long history of this in the town. How many? How many times did Rob Ford write about uh, the what was it? Five thousand dollars he he took from Joe Dumars. Rob Ford, not Rob Ford. Rob Harker. Rob Harker. Sorry. No, he never mentioned that. Rob Ford. All right, well, <laughs> I don't know. Rob Ford is the fucking mayor of <laughs> mayor Toronto. Toronto. All right, we're gonna take a break and get something for uh, Topher to drink. We'll be back after this with some more topics out of the out of the not a hat. We the we, cup. We have a cup. You're listening to a previously recorded episode of the Detroit Sports Rag Podcast. What? Got it. You got it? I got it. We're on the air, you know. Oh, beautiful. That's great. (laughs) We're getting rid of Jasper, basically. He's fired. Oh, really? Yep. I'm being fired uh, in a couple of weeks. I will be, I'd like to announce that I will be moving to New York City to accept. A position with SiriusXM's internship program, so I'm very happy to say that. Congratulations, hopefully, Jasper. Hopefully they will never hear this podcast, uh, <laughs> because if they do, there's a good chance they will be rescinding <laughs> that offer. So, What, because uh, you over-enunciate words? That's why? That's exactly <laughs> it. Well, I, congratulations. I'm happy. Potato, potato. I'm, I'm happy for you that you're going to be getting an intern. Thank you. You'll be gone next week, right? You were going to New York. Anyway. I, I will be. Uh, I will be out of here next Tuesday. I'm coming back. I, I get back from at seven o'clock. So uh, it will be a multi-purpose trip. Now it'll be both business and pleasure. So. Well, I am glad to hear that you are taking your first step into manhood. Yeah, manhood. <laughs> and thank uh, you. But I did that when I was thirteen. Was that the first of 800 times you had sex with Paige? You lost your virginity at <laughs> you 13? Lose, wait, you didn't lose virginity to 13. No. You had a bar no. mitzvah? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on here? It was, it was the first... Uh, Jasper no, Apollonia, no. not exactly the most Jewish name I've ever heard. <laughs> no, I, I should have said 15 because then I would have made a quinceanera joke. It doesn't matter. I'm oh, on good. cloud nine right now. Oh, that's good. I'm not thinking clearly. I'm just very happy that I will be able to spend uh, some time at the same Company that my good friend Jackson's dad works yeah. for. So, so and I and hopefully I will be. I'm going to New York in late September. Maybe I can visit. We can have uh, please lunch. do. Okay, well that's good news for you. Yes. I'll have to look for a new host. Sorry, sorry for the rest. Which of is you. good news. Sad which fucks. is which is good. Which is good news for some people in the audience. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a win-win for everyone. 
Well, no, seriously, congratulations. Okay, so uh, Jasper's Let's got a, a job. Is that a paying internship? It is. Oh, wow. Awesome. Yeah, it's even better. Okay. Uh, another. Yeah, uh, but $9 an hour in New York City is like negative $3 an hour here, so. Yeah, that's seriously. <laughs> I, hope, I, hope, I hope you will uh, not have to resort to giving hand jobs on the... Uh, I told you I'm holding out for the I'm holding out for the blow job position. I will not accept the hand job okay. position. All I right, graduated from Syracuse. By the way, it. update on the uh, DS. You graduated. From, we didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the way, update on DSR TV show. We're still shooting for a early September uh, launch without Jasper Apollonia now. Um, I have a meeting on Friday with some production people, so hopefully next Tuesday when Jasper's not here, we can have an update on that. And I'm very glad that I will be able to, uh, should everything go as planned, I will be able to watch that online, which I'm extremely thrilled about. So I I won't have to be uh, anyone out of town like me will be able to get up to date on all their DSR TV, which is fantastic. Maybe maybe next Tuesday, maybe Ryan Schuling can uh, co-host the show. We'll see if he can come down here. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, next It'll definitely topic. be a better show. Okay, next topic I picked out of the uh, the uh, cup. Let's see if I can read this one. You might. You probably can read this one. Uh, I have the worst. No. Oh, no Apparently. tolerance. No tolerance. No zero tolerance yeah. is what I was thinking because that's the uh, that's the official Detroit Lions stance on both domestic issues and a uh, uh, violent. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for, or for gun, gun, issues. gun issues? I thought it was also if there was like anything like knife related. I, I could I be think mistaken. It was just, I, just thought it was, I thought it was gun and yes. domestic violence. Well, it's zero tolerance, Jeff, except for um, on a case-to-case basis. Except for a four-string tight ends <laughs> by the name of uh, Corliss. As the line signed it, signed Andrew Corliss to be a tight end. Now, this is my problem with this issue. We won't spend a lot of time on this one. But I think it's worth addressing. My problem isn't that the Lions signed this guy and gave him a second chance. I, look, I have no problem if, if a team wanted to give Ray Rice a try. I, I have no problem. I don't think that um, anyone should be banned from the league for one transgression. Now, Ray Rice probably is on the uh, outer edge of that. But if he was willing to give his whole entire contract to a domestic uh, violence shelter, which I think he offered. Mm-hmm. I think it's a win-win. I, I think the problem with Ray Rice at this point is that um, he just has nothing left, and nobody's really interested in him. But so I've got no issue if the Lions uh, wanted to sign Andrew Corliss. Uh, I, I've thought all along for many years taking chances on guys uh, because of personality issues is the way to go. If you can get a guy in a draft around earlier, just because of um, some pro- I mean, Randy Works. Moss is the classic example. Now, not not that he shot a gun or beat anyone. Randy Moss f- fell 15 spots probably in the draft at least. Here's a more recent example. Tyron Matthew, a, right. a guy who's one of the best players at his position in the entire Once game. Once again, who, weed. Because not, weed. Not, not violence. You but, look okay. at, or, or even you look at somebody like Rasheed Wallace, somebody who was looked at in a certain way because of certain character issues. Obviously not vi- you know, violence, but... Somebody who was more readily available. The bottom line is, because I would never, he had a, a fucking uh, personality right. issues. The bottom line is that I don't think any team should have a zero talents policy. I think when Bob Quinn was named the general manager of the Lions and he gave that press conference, he was looking for brownie points 
stupidly because obviously it didn't even make it through his first training camp without signing someone with a issue. So his words were meaningless. That to me, that's that that's the only issue here. That that you were looking for credit by saying something that you didn't believe. You obviously didn't believe that there's a zero tolerance policy on domestic issues and on gun issues because you didn't take a risk on a superstar draft choice who had an issue with a gun or got into a fight with his girlfriend once and maybe broke her cell phone or whatever. You took a you, Andrew Corliss. Andrew Corliss is the guy you're you're breaking your zero tolerance you, policy. You, I mean, you mean the guy hysterical. who was what? The guy who was the third string tight end in Green Bay. That's who you're that's, really. That's who you're losing your credibility on, Andrew Corliss. And it, it's it's so and it's such a joke that Caldwell comatose the comatose one says quote when asked about this by the uh, Dungeon of Doom reporters, every case is different, every case is different. Okay, well, if every case is different, then you have no zero tolerance policy, you dummy. Well, I feel bad for for Caldwell, actually, in that case, because he's not the one who went out there and said there was a zero tolerance policy. Okay, well, then say. It's Quinn. And, ask and, Bob Quinn. But I think that's, that's just said. how indicative uh, is that of this entire organization when whenever somebody new comes in, there's always these promises made. There's always this lip service paid. We're going to change the culture. And guess what happens? Nothing different. That's because winning Nothing is different. the most important thing in the NFL, which it probably should be. And which is fine. Just don't say you have a zero talent policy. The other part of this I want to hit on real quick before we go on to the next topic. Go look yesterday at the Twitter mentions of one Justin Rogers who covers the Lions for the Detroit News, Dave Burkett for the Free Press, Kyle Mankey for the uh, um, MLive group, and your buddy and fellow Syracuse graduate, Michael Rothstein from ESPN covering mm-hmm. the Lions, all four gentlemen. Go look at their Twitter mentions yesterday. I'm all well, you of don't them have at to. once. No, I'm saying you don't have to. <laughs> I'm just saying to the group, the, the people out there listening, go look at their mentions. All they did was report that this guy was signed. Fact one, the Lions signed Corliss. Fact two, he had an issue with a gun. Fact three, Bob Quinn said there's a zero tolerance policy. They reported the news. They reported the facts. How did Lions fans, a lot of Lions fans, respond to that? If you go look at their mentions, they were attacked for being negative Nancys, for causing distractions. This is this is the mindset of how stupid sports fans are in general, that they can't separate the fact that they're reporting something that's a contradiction. Those four gentlemen I mentioned to the you. The Dungeon of Doom, right, back at it again. The four gentlemen I just mentioned to you, they don't give a shit if the Lions win or lose. They're reporters. They're journalists. It's their job to call out Bob Quinn for this bullshit that he said at his press conference. That's it. And the fact that your children, that you Lions fans out there, not sure how you even know how to use a smartphone or a computer, you're so fucking dumb, that you attack reporters for doing their job. I'd love to see a Venn diagram of how many people were attacking those reporters for doing their job and Trump supporters. I'm I'm guessing there's a pretty good crossover. Well, I 
I think that would also go hand in hand with uh, certain areas of this state being highlighted in that uh, Venn diagram as well. Anything else to say on this topic? No. Before we uh, go on to the next one? I mean, it's, it, it was stupid. What Quinn said was stupid. What Caldwell said was stupid. I'm more offended I don't by have the any, dumb fans. I, don't, I really am. What the fans said was stupid. I, I don't have any issue with signing this guy. I don't either. Honestly, because you know what? It's the NFL. It's like saying we're not going to – in the NBA, it's like saying we're, we're not going to sign a guy with tattoos on his body. By the way – Guess what? You're going to – you're gonna find yourself pretty strapped for players, buddy. By the way, I would have been all in for Araldus Chapman, and I shot. I think what he shot up his garage because he was mad at his girlfriend. Oh my god, the Cubs! Did Look you at, hear the Cubs thing? Yeah, the smack my bitch up. Smack my bitch up. Yeah, that was pretty dumb. Why would you play that at a baseball game, regardless of who's in? You know there? what? I've always. I've, it's a funny point that you make. I've always wondered that <laughs> when I've ever heard that at sporting events. You realize this song is Smack My Bitch Up. That's like playing, like, Down With The Sickness by, like, Disturbed. No, it's not. Down With The Sickness is fine. It doesn't, it's not Smack My Bitch Up. That Down With The Sickness, I'm pretty sure it's about beating the shit out of your girlfriend. I'm pretty sure it's Listen, about domestic own, abuse as well. Fine, that's fine. But even I then, it's not the, as on I, the nose. I own the album. I didn't, <laughs> I, and I've listened to that song a hundred times, and I've seen Disturbed in Concert twice. I never knew Down With The Sickness was about domestic abuse. No. Okay? Next topic. <laughs> I feel like I'm. Uh, we're on PTI. Okay, here's another good one. This was actually mentioned by people on Twitter yesterday and retweeted by one uh, Dan Leach, where he kind of was somewhat in agreement that if the Tigers made the playoffs somehow with the injuries, Brad Ausmus should be manager of the year. Oh, my God. This was a legitimate topic with yesterday. A, with, a, with a $200 million payroll? This is the <laughs> and then... <laughs> and then and with, then, with two Cy Young candidates right. in his road starting rotation, right. yeah. with with a multiple time MVP, a a batting champions with multiple time All Stars in his lineups, that same Brad Ausmus, right? Because we lost Iglesias, Castellanos for a few weeks, and Zim. I mean, it's ridiculous. The Cleveland Indians basically lost Michael Brantley for the whole year. Um, there's other teams that have injuries, and the the Tigers' injuries aren't anything season ending. I mean, they, they might have happened in an opportune time. But this leads to me to a point about manager of the year, and it's something that is really a major tenant of the, of, of the Detroit sports track, that there is just absolutely no thought process given to a manager or coach of the year awards. What basically it is is the voters say X team was supposed to do this this year. Instead, they were better than that. This guy must be the manager or coach of the year. With no thought that last night on the day that Brad Osmus was being talked about for manager of the year, he pinch hit with Mike Avilas and then in a one-run game brought in Blaine Hardy as a relief pitcher. Okay? Take, in, take a look at his whole body of work. Don't give me this bullshit if the Tigers make. And this, is a, this leads to one other topic that will get hit real quick that terrifies me. The fact that we have these injuries now, and this is part of the narrative, that Cassianos, Iglesias, Maben have gone down, that no matter what happens with the Tigers, I'm terrified that Brad Ausmus is already coming back next year for another two- or three-year contract because he somehow overachieved. Not looking at his complete male practice for the last three years, but the fact that a team with a $200 million payroll almost double the Cleveland Indians 
is still in it, even though some of their inherent advantages over that team they're chasing are on the disabled list. Well, and I think the easiest way to look at that is just like, yeah, okay, you've had some guys go on this disabled list. You've also had Michael Fulmer, a rookie, come in and pitch arguably better than anyone else in the AL this year. He's leading the AL in ERA. He's, what, third in whip? He's done something that that very few rookie pitchers have ever done. He's having a historically good season for a guy who's never pitched in the major leagues before this year. A guy who, anything we thought was going to be a so, bullpen assistant. So, I, and then, forget that even, you look at Verlander, The look, when he came back last year, he was very, very, very good. And this year, he's been just as good, if not better. It even looks like some of the velocity that he's lost, the the ability to ramp up the speed in late okay, in we're, games, we're not talking that's about come back. We're not talking about Osmus. Well, okay, okay. No, uh, my point is, he's had guys come in there who have overachieved Maybe in a lot of won. ways. And, well, fuck, look what happened when McCann was out and Salta Lamakia was absolutely raking for this team. He's had the bottom line. They've is, had a lot of good luck too. The bottom in a lot line of is ways. don't judge Osmus on where this team finishes. Judge him on the moves he makes during the season, and the moves he makes as a manager are atrocious. And, and can you even really say that this team is overachieving that much? It's no, no, of course not. No, it's a two hundred million dollar. By the way, if they Christ's make the sake. if they make the playoffs when and Castellanos and Iglesias and everyone comes back, uh. With a, yeah, with a two hundred million dollar payroll, you should be making the playoffs as a wild card at the least. So that's all. That's all I have on that topic. But the fact that yesterday, on the day that Michael Vilas is used as a pinch hitter, well, that we're but, actually talking about the, Brad Osmus as manager but, but, of the year. But Jeff, we also know that major league awards and honors are basically bullshit. Just look at the Hall of Fame. Just look at. You know, the MVPs. Look Os- at why is Mike Trout not a multi three, four time MVP at this point? Why? Because the voters are stupid. Exactly. So it, but they're it's coming getting, around. getting mad about getting Brad Cy- Osmus. They've been getting Cy Young right. That's true. And l- lately. So I'm just, I'm just saying that if any discussion about manager of the year for Brad, uh, Brad Osmus is just absolutely ridiculous, but, which leads us to the next topic, which is the one you wanted to talk about. Tiger Cy Young candidate. Is it Fulmer or Verlander? I, I want to hear... Well, I, I'll, I'll come out and say this. I think it's Verlander, personally. And I can understand why somebody would go with Fulmer. But for me, I look at what Verlander has done at his age. He's 33. He's not young. And he's the workhorse of By this By the way, he's insulted you again. <laughs> Wait, what? His quote was, he's 33. He's not young. For a baseball player. Yeah, I know. You didn't I say know. that. You didn't say Get that. Get out of here. Trying for to a baseball beat him player. <laughs> yes. No, that is all. No, and, and look, he's he's leading the, the AL in innings pitched. And you look at the way that this bullpen's been completely mismanaged this entire year. I don't think you can understate how important his being a workhorse is. Well, here here's the thing. It basically boils down to this, whether or not, uh, you prefer the season that Verlander's had or the season that Fulmer's had. And it's basically kind of the difference between baseball reference, how they handle uh, wins above replacement, and fan graphs. 
I, I generally go with baseball reference. Okay. Well, then you'd be on Fulmer's bandwagon. He's, he's got a 5.2 war, I believe, mm-hmm. with uh, with baseball reference. And it's much lower. I'll look you can look it up on, on fan graphs. But Verlander's got a 3.6 war with fan graphs. And basically, the, the reason there's a difference between fan graphs, uh, war, and uh, baseball reference is baseball reference and ESPN basically go more reliant on uh, the actual – Baseball Reference only has Fulmer at a two point six. If I'm reading this correctly, no, you're not reading it right. Like that can't be right. That's no, not right. Um, basically, Baseball Reference, ESPN are completely results oriented, so they don't really consider things like uh, um, uh, xFIP, FIP, uh, batting average on balls in play. They don't. Re- they don't really um, rely on that. No, they have them at two point six. Let me look. I swear to God. Fangraphs has Verlander at 3.6, and then I'll tell you what, real quick, what uh, they have Fulmer at. They have him at a 2.6. Yeah, 2.6. Let me see. That Fangraphs. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, no, I think it's a baseball reference. No, I said Fangraphs. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Because predictively, what they're saying, I think, is A, he's he's had, what, seven less starts than Verlander, which is yeah. a major factor, especially with the Tigers, because if you're not – the guys that you're getting, Pelfrey, Sanchez, when uh, when Fulmer wasn't pitching those games, the difference was was pretty great. The fact that Verlander's been going out there on every fifth day and pitching that's the crux is, of is, my is, argument. A, is a huge advantage. I think they're also judging the fact that while uh, Fulmer has an ERA of 2.25, basically his fielding independent pitching is 3.45, his X FIP is 3.69. And I believe Verlander's at like 3.5. It's it's negligible almost. No, they're, yeah, I think the major difference is, yeah, if you look at the FIP and XFIP for Verlander and Fulmer, they're pretty similar. But the fact is that he's pitched five or what, six more games. No, I, I think and that's, that's really, that's, that's, that's what it's got to come down to. It comes down right. to the whip. It comes down to the XFIP. Not the XFIP. Just, I look at just FIP. I, I really don't pay attention to XFIP. Uh, honestly, I don't. But I do think... Fielding independent pitching is a good statistic, and you look at it, those guys are pretty much equal when it comes to those statistics, and like I said, you go and you look at the amount of innings pitched, it's right. it's, it's a vast difference. So that right thing. there is where, right. for me, I have to look at Verlander and say, what he does outside of just him being a good pitcher what he does for the rest of the pitching staff, what he does for the uh, for for the team overall, is he's, more valuable. Yeah, he's pitched forty more innings, um, Verlander than former, which and is when more got, than is more than four complete games. When you've got Kelfrey, when you've four, got Sanchez, yeah. when you've got sorry, even Norris, somebody like Norris who can't really go out there for seven eight innings and and give you a big time game. Not that it's I Fulmer's think, fault. I mean, Fulmer's on a pitch count. No, Fulmer has been. Uh, skip start starts. They've screwed around uh, after the All Star break. They've pushed them back. To but the you last have to game. you have to look at the body of work, no, and right. and that's the important thing when it comes down to this. For me, I I truly do believe that Verlander, if he continues at the pace he's been at, should win the Cy Young because Sale has Sale has disappointed so far in the past month. I think uh, Kluber's up there. Kluber Kluber too, but like but then you look at like Stephen Wright for Boston, who's a guy mm-hmm. who's up there. He's had some rough starts, uh, starting yeah. like right at the All Star break. So that first game against the Tigers, yeah, 
Who's who's getting hot right now? I think we see that all, very often in baseball. It's what happens near the end of the season. Mike Trout's, no, no, here's a, here's Mike Trout's rookie year. That's that's really important. In September, Here, here's another, his, his OPS dropped a ton. Yeah, that's fine. He should have been. The, he should still been. He the, still uh, should have. But I think it helped Miguel right. Cabrera. So here's the question: What happened to help Miguel Cabrera? Is he won the stupid triple crown, and idiot voters thought that that was the freaking uh, holy grail. But here's a question: This is separate from the sign because I think we both agree that Verlander um, has been the more valuable pitcher for the Tigers yeah. this year. If the Tigers get into a wild card situation, let's say they lock it up, they play Atlanta in the last series. Verlander. See, I'm. This is where I would go against that. Really? See, I would. I, I'm more inclined to say that I would take Fulmer in a one game situation than Verlander. I think Verlander's been more valuable, but in a one game situation, who has the ability right now to be more dominant? Easy. The the guy. I who's think done Fulmer. It before. The guy who's done it before. Well, you're gonna put you're gonna put more value in that. I, I am. I am going to put – I know. I, I, this is where I get a little annoyed with the sabermetrics crowd, the hardline sabermetrics crowd, because I do think to a certain extent you ignore the human factor of sports. It is important. If in a one-game where, series – Where has – where is Michael Fulmer shriveled up this year? Here, where is Michael Fulmer shriveled up? There is a huge Who beat difference. the Cleveland Indians for there the first is, time this year oh, when they were on the verge of going you're gonna one, say that is 11 a, That is not That was a huge all, fucking game. That is not at all. A, a game in July is not at all the same as a one-game playoff. Have you you seen are anything? being intellectually dishonest ha, 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 if you say so. Have, have you seen anything in Michael Fulmer that you would think – if he got into a game 163, no. he would shit his pants. No, but I don't want to find out. I don't want to find out. I Look, if the kid can do it, let him show it down the road in the playoffs. Who has gone out in the playoffs time and time again when you needed a in win? In the World Series? Uh, in the World Series? Should I pull up Justin Verlander's World Series stats? Uh, okay. Okay, that's fine. In the biggest, you oh, you want to look at what? In 06? Because 20, 2012, in 2012, he was pretty fucking good. He was pretty fucking good for that entire run. 2013, he wasn't too shabby either. He's a great pitcher. He's I'm a great pitcher, saying, and he's a guy who's gone out and done it before. Here's what else you can't do. Who's got better stuff right now? Who do you think? Uh, you think that's, a, that's irrelevant. That's oh, irrelevant, irrelevant to me. No, that's irrelevant to me if you're going to talk about the regular season versus the playoffs. How pissed off is Justin Verlander going to be if you take a rookie— Especially if Verlander wins the Cy Young, like I think he's going to. If you put out a rookie there instead of him, the guy who's been there for your franchise since 2006, since it all turned around, you're gonna tell that guy take a back seat to this rookie. Look at you make valid Hell point. no. You make valid points. Hell I'm, no. I'm saying, I would be pissed. I'm saying. I'm saying. Personally, it would not upset me if Michael Fulmer started a game. Over Verlander, no, I don't think the difference. In that, I'm not saying I don't it would think the difference. I don't think the difference. I don't think the difference is that great. I I, I think I, I think the main advantage Verlander has is the 40 innings pitch, the five or six games started more um, in the Cy Young vote. If I had gun to my head, gun to your head, gun to your head, Verlander, forget the guy okay. who's done it. The guy who's done All it. All right, he's done it. Okay, we're done. I I don't have any questions. I think we're done with that PTI topic. We Period. still have we still have a few more topics. All right. All right, let's go. Let's keep rocking. See if I can read my own writing here. <laughs> Good luck. Can't even open the thing. Yeah, I was going to say if you can get the thing open to begin with. Oh, this would be a quick one. Uh, Peru ball. 
What what's there even to say about it? It's not happening this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this one. Like I said, but I just think it's hilarious that the amount of vitriol I took for writing that article about Harbaugh, uh, that exposure U camp last, I think July or August, might have been July, uh, right before his first season as coach of Michigan, and I was contacted by people who were involved in that camp. Huge Michigan fans. People were thrilled that Jim Harbaugh was going to be the head coach of University of Michigan. But they were very concerned that Harbaugh was playing this rugby-style, violent uh, drill, whatever you want to call it. And it got back to me. I talked to a few people um, who had kids at that camp. One guy who was at the camp, one kid, another people who had kids that were attending it, who came back with injuries, and and it wasn't a hit piece on Jim Harbaugh at all. It was just like, okay, I, I prefaced the article by saying I think Jim Harbaugh is going to turn around the program. I think he's going to be unbelievable at U of M, but I question his judgment having fifteen to eight, eighteen year old kids playing or seventeen year old kids, fourteen seventy playing this Peru ball. Well, I was on that podcast of Bald vs. Evil, R.I.P., uh, where we discussed Peru Ball. And I think it's important to say Jim Harbaugh's a madman, but he's crazy like a fox. And and he's only proven it more so with this Peru Ball thing where— By the way, look, the Bald, la- Bald vs. Evil, co-hosted by Greg Henson, that show was, who's no, no bigger U of M slapdick, uh, Walmart Wolverine in the world— had no issue with my article. Hello, I'm a, I'm a Michigan fan too. Right, I'm a Michigan fan as well. I almost threw up when they lost that game against Michigan State last I year. I think we call you a Bloomingdale's Michigan fan because you actually <laughs> went to a school com- comparable. Yeah, you didn't go to Wayne County Community College. You went to Syracuse. So you're like, Syracuse is you're a, not a Walmart. A, you're a Bloomingdale's. Syracuse Michigan fan. is a colder, more miserable Ann Arbor. Uh, right. The way I look at it, but yeah, no, I look Harbaugh if he. That guy doesn't make mistakes, and if he does make a mistake, he doesn't make it again. Um, he's he's proven. Well, I don't know himself. about that. I think the I think the fallback for I think the 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 brushback uh, was pretty um, severe. The fact that they canceled the camp, they and I don't. I'm wondering. But but that's what I'm saying. They can didn't I finish do it again. Point? Can I finish a point? Okay. They they stopped that exposure camp after 43 years continuously running it. And they can say that it was because of other um, satellite camps, but I find it very, very coincidental that after 43 years, through Moeller, through Carr, through Bo, through Richrod, through Hoke, all of these coaches ran Exposure U for all of those years. Harbaugh does it for one year. He gets shit about from a bunch of coaches um, regarding running that Peru ball, and then the thing disappears. I don't think – I think Harbaugh thinks it's fine. I think he, Harbaugh thinks Peru ball is fine. I don't disagree with you whatsoever. Yeah, but I – and I don't know what the internal dynamics He's a were. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the internal – but it hasn't been run. You go read Mark Snyder's article. Um, he said, oh, we don't have time for it. They didn't run it in any of the satellite camps. Talking to the two or three, you know, three people I spoke to who were at these camps, 
Instead, they did ab stretching. Ab stretching instead of Peru ball. By the way, Peru ball, go Google Peru ball Jim Harbaugh. You get like over thousands of articles about it. All this attention to it. And then this year, if you there's only one mention of Peru ball anywhere, Google it. And it's Mark Snyder from the Free Press saying that they didn't do Peru ball. It all disappeared. And I was the crazy one. I was the one who's a pussy who must have been breastfed by my mom until I was 14 because I thought kids shouldn't be exposed to that brutal game. I was the one who tacked and called gullible by Brian Cook at MGO blog because I, I was duped into writing this article by coaches who were upset. Michigan fans? These weren't Michigan State fans. These weren't Ohio State. These were Harbaugh Michigan fans. Yeah, those, those coaches must have been so upset that their kids were invited to University of Michigan football camps. They must have hated that, right? Yeah. I mean, Nothing it, it, makes you look worse as a coach than having one of the five biggest programs in the country invite your kids there. And this is, once again, this is on a smaller scale, but people not being able to see that these coaches are not religious figures. Joe Paterno wasn't a religious figure. Mark D'Antonio's not a religious figure. They're not really. They're, these, I said D'Antonio yeah, on purpose, yeah. by the way. These people are. <laughs> Just a point this is on. not a cult. You can criticize Jim Harbaugh and still love him. I'm sorry. You can do it. But the fan base, they don't get that. And there is nothing more disgusting to me than the fans of collegiate sports teams. They have no perspective. The same morons who still want to put up Joe Paterno's statue back in Happy Valley. The same people who think that Jameis Winston uh, did nothing wrong when he was at Florida State with that girl. The same people. You know, look, these coaches, and it's been going on for many years. Tom Osborne, Barry Switzer. These guys ran the police departments in the cities where their the campus was located. Okay, And it still goes on to this day. And the fact that I got attacked, I think it was over 100 negative Facebook comments. It was the most attacked article I have ever written. And what was it about protecting kids' safety in the future? That's all it was about. I didn't want Jim Harbaugh fired. I didn't think Jim Harbaugh wasn't going to be a great fucking coach. I thought this was reckless what he was doing. And I was vilified. And I think I have been absolutely vindicated by the fact that it's not going on anymore. So that's what I wanted to say about Peru ball. And uh, all you Michigan fans who attack me can go fuck yourself. Let's get to the next topic. Fine by me. Yeah, thank you. Blooming. I think that's pretty good. For, for Christ's sake, Blooming- can you like, actually get these pieces of paper open? I think Bloomingdale's Wolverine fan is pretty good. Mm. Okay. More of a Brooks Brothers. More of a Brooks Brothers even Wolverine. Though, but- yeah, you might even know who this is. But this is a quick topic, another quick topic. Jimmy Vesey. You know who that is? Oh, I can't say I do. So Jimmy Vesey, I'm gonna go take a piss. No, you're not. Gonna <laughs> I'm just a piss. kidding. I'm kidding. You'll, you'll, it, you will fit into this topic okay. eventually. So Jimmy Vesey is a unrestricted free agent starting I think tomorrow mm-hmm. in the NHL. He was drafted. Oh, by, oh, oh, yes. Yeah, he was okay. drafted by the Nashville Predators. He didn't want to sign there. They traded his rights to the Buffalo Sabers. They haven't been able to reach a deal with him yet. So he becomes an unrestricted free agent. Any team in the NHL can sign him. Now uh, NHL, the people I respect, I've never seen this guy play. And if I have, I didn't even know I was watching him uh, play. But Prashant Iyer, who writes for Winging in Motown, uh, Anthony Ciotti, who's a contributor to this website, who's been on this podcast in, in the past, both say they think he's a third-line forward. 
that this is not exactly a superstar in the making. Um, my point on this that I brought up on Twitter the other day is that of the teams, the four or five teams that are in the mix for him, the Bruins, the Blackhawks, I think maybe, I'm not sure the Penguins, but the teams that are in the mix for him, uh, the Red Wings are not part of that list. And this, to me, is another indictment of Ken Holland. Because 10 or 12 years ago, the Red Wings were on everyone's list. Marion Hossa came here for a one-year contract, risked a career-ending injury, uh, maybe possibly $50, $60 million, maybe more, in future salary because he wanted to come to Detroit to try to win a Stanley Cup. And that that, that Red Wing era was still very heavily reliant on Datsuk and Zetterberg being draft steals by um, the Red Wing scouting department. Nick, which, Lid- which, Nick Lidstrom. Right, which, when the Lidstrom was still there, <laughs> uh, I mean, there were uh, still remnants of the 89 I mean, draft. Nick I mean, Cronwall like, was, was still in his prime. But anyway, it was a, the Red Wings were a destination. You know, Brett Hall wanted to come here. Dominic Hasek said, I only want to go to one team. Luke the Detroit, the Detroit uh, Red Wings. People were, this was the, the Red Wings were the New York Yankees of the NHL. You don't put Mainly, a team, you don't put a team of what, eight, eight? Hall of Famers? No, it was more. I think it was 10 or 11. Uh, right. You don't you put that together right. unless they all want to be right. there. That doesn't happen. And why did that happen? <laughs> because of a draft that predated Ken Holland being the general manager and Mike Illich's checkbook. And what in the last decade has Ken Holland done? He has done everything possible to make this a absolute non-destination for free agents. Zach Parisi didn't want to come here. We thought we had Ryan Suter. For a year, all we heard was Ryan Suter, Ryan Suter. Oh, this guy's coming here. There's no doubt the Romans are going to make an offer. Ryan Suter didn't even come close to coming to Detroit. He went to play in freaking Minnesota. Well, I mean, I don't care if he okay. had family connections there or not. Detroit is not a destination for anyone who is not absolutely desperate for an overpayment contract like a Franz Nielsen. That's what the Red Wings have become. That they the Red Wings have become basically the Detroit Tigers. Maybe someone will come here, but you have to overpay for them. No, no, that's inaccurate, Jeff. It, they've become uh, they've become the Detroit Pistons. No one's going to come here. Well, Franz Nielsen came here. Franz Nielsen did come here. Yeah, the Chris, Reds, and the Chris Reds, Weber came here, and the Red Wings had to overpay I, him. I, I, Chris Weber him. came here. I, I, I mean, oh, uh, what do you mean? Alan Iverson, a Alan Iverson was traded here, and Chris Weber was at the end of his career. I didn't Please say don't Alan compare. Iverson. Fra- Franz Nielsen was considered a top six or seven. <laughs> Hold on. He's a third, Don't, 32 years old. I'm saying like, fine. he's he good. He was considered but, a person, that, a, a decent, a pretty good free agent, yeah. a two-way forward, and he did come here, but the Red Wings had to overpay him. Just like the Tigers had to overpay Prince Fielder, just like the Tigers were the highest bidder on Justin Upton, just like the Tigers were the highest bidder on Jordan Zimmerman. Okay, okay. Guys yeah, yeah, will no, come right. here if you overpay them. I guess the difference for me is that uh, at least the Tigers seem to be able to find people who will take their money, who are close to the elites of the game. I think you're, you're, you have I, a I don't, valid point. There. I don't think the Red Wings can do a, that because I think you have a valid point there. Seriously, is is Nielsen? I'm dead serious. Is he the best free agent signing they've made since Marian Hosa? Well, that's to be determined. Is he the most sought after guy? I mean, you're comparing you're comparing him to Stephen Weiss, Alfredson, Alfredson. That's what I'm saying. You can go back until Hosa. Who I really think I and that and that's how just many an, guys have to reject them? Stamkos didn't even give him uh, 
the time of day. I just think it's a further indictment on this on this franchise that the only people they can get to come here are guys who are closer, far closer to the end of their career than to the beginning right. of their career. And in one decade, in one decade, they went from being a team. Marion Hosa came here for less money, gave up years, gave up term, gave up yeah. everything. Dominic Hasek said, called his agent, Rich Winter, and said, I want to get traded, and the only place I want to go to is Detroit. That's what it was. That, that, that's what Lidstrom, Fedorov, Iserman, that's what those guys built with this organization. And Ken Holland has spent the last 10 years, eight years, whatever you want to call it, tearing that down where we get where we get Jordan Tutu, Michael Samuelson, Carlo Cacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacac
by by an appreciable margin, I'm going to be yeah, I'm going to have to really reevaluate my idea of the ceiling of him as a professional and in I my idea of the ceiling of this team. By the way, period. The, by the way, the Tigers just got rid of the guy um who pinch hit last night. They just got rid of him yeah. for a guy with a negative .3 war. Eric Ibar's stats this year oh, are very Mike Avilas-esque, okay? I, I guess I'm stuck in, like, 2010 yeah. fantasy well, baseball. Well, that would be... Eric Ibar was okay four back po- then. He had a 4.0 war back in 11 and 12. He was really good. What his, can I say? <laughs> wait, his bad fire back is 14. He was had a 3.9 war. This year, 242 batting average, 293 on base, 313 slugging. Uh, he's marginally Terrible. better than Mike Avilas, if you want to say that. He's got a minus point three. Well, here's the difference. So basically, here's the difference. We're getting a little Eric closer. Ibar, Eric Hold on. Ibar we're getting a little. Stop. We're getting a little closer to getting a replacement level player. Well, we went from point negative point five to negative point three. Uh, Maybe we can trade uh, Ibar for someone who's point zero. Okay. So let's. What was the topic I threw? Oh, Upton. What? What's a? Uh, what's Lombardozzi? What's his? Yeah, I don't know. Is he still even baseball? <laughs> Let me ask you a question about Upton. He sucks. Um, do you have any hope from him coming out of this? After I mean, his August has been this year. No, maybe I, maybe next to, season. I'm starting to give up. May, next season, maybe. Well, I mean, his career. You can't you can't bury him. I don't think based on his career stats at 28, no. he's done. But you know, after having this was this is OPS in June 765, 322 on base percentage, not great, but okay. 443 slugging percentage, pretty good about what his career norms are. Last month. 320 on base, still not getting enough walks. Okay, but a 522 slugging percentage, damn good. Think he turned it around, 765, 842. Comes he's under, into he's August, under 700 now, fifth, isn't he? Fifth, well, yeah, way under <sighs> 700 for the year. 50 at-bats 50 at bats for Justin Upton in August. He's got a 140 average. He's got a 204 on-base percentage and a slugging percentage of 140. Now, let me explain something to the Scotty Andersons out of the world, and people who don't understand slugging percentage. But in 50 at-bats, if you've got a 140 batting average and a 140 slugging percentage, do you know what that means? That you, means you fucking you, suck. means you haven't had an extra base hit in 50 at-bats. That's what it means. If your batting average is the same as your slugging percentage, uh, you don't have an extra base hit. No doubles, no triples, no home runs. Three walks in 50 at-bats. He's, I mean, he makes his 568 and 612 April and May Look great in comparison. His OPS this month is 344. He is killing, killing the Tigers. Without Castellanos, when I said, when Castellanos went down, it was a day, what, J.D. had just come back, right? Mm-hmm. I said, look, if Upton continues what he's been doing in July and in, in June, Castellanos' loss won't be that great. And McGee has been playing pretty damn good at third base, I think. Defensively, and he's getting some hits. Not a lot of power, not a good, but he's he's been okay. I mean, the guy's a former major leaguer, Justin Upton, and I've defended this guy. I wanted this guy traded. I wanted the Tigers to get him back in 2012 and 13 mm-hmm. when he was available. I I just can't believe what I'm seeing out of this guy. And for Osmus and Wally Joyner to be saying, "Well, he's hitting the ball hard," no, that's I, bullshit. Come on, man, that's fucking bullshit. Come on. No, 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 no. It, Upton's taking responsibility. Jeff, I'm not gonna pretend to say that I've watched every single game, but I've watched a hell of a lot of Justin Upton at bats. Strikeouts. It's where batting average and balls and play. It's not. In. It's not even like. It's more than just bad luck. It's more than just he's not hitting the ball right. He looks disinterested. 
I don't think I think I don't think he looks disinterested. I think he's I think he, he looks it very lost. Hard. He's lost. He looks he looks absolutely and lost. He takes it very hard. You know what? He, I remember the what was it? The game against the the Red Sox a couple of weeks back where he you know struck out something like three times. Um, he looked like McCann up there. He looked like McCann does a lot of the times where it's just like it's three, four, five pitches and he's out. And and the only reason he's not out on three pitches every single time is because a pitcher can't throw right, it. Next perfectly. topic. Did you watch the Lions Steelers game? Any of it? <laughs> what Any, one second. No. Why would I? You don't know what happened. Uh, with what? The game. I don't know. I didn't watch it. Oh, uh, they won thirty to seventeen. Right. Oh, okay. Is that all you want to talk about? There's nothing. Jake Rudick or. Jake Rudock, yeah. I mean, oh, congrats. Oh, we've got a new Kellen Moore, guys. I can't wait to hear all the calls into 97-1 where people beg for him to replace Matt Stafford. All right, we got two topics left because we're not talking about – I just threw that out just so we could shit all over Exhibition NFL. It's a waste of time. I, the, the, the clearest example of why the preseason is not worth paying attention to. It's absolutely unbelievable. 4-0. The one thing I is will say – Is it Detroit Lions? 4-0. 0-16, same right. season, period. It's unbelievable to me a couple things in the NFL. This is what I, this is, I, we could talk. We're, I'll just hit on this real quick, and we'll get to the last two topics. We'll, we'll, one, talk, we'll talk lines one, in a couple weeks. One is it's amazing to me that in 2016 that we have not gone down to two exhibition games and 18 regular season games, or just two exhibition games. Yeah, but it's money. It's all money, Jeff. If you had more. Why? If you had if you if you took those two exhibition games and made them regular season games, they'd be there's more money in that. I I would be shocked if the NFLPA didn't throw a huge fucking the same bet. NFLPA that's allowing their own players if they don't talk to uh, Roger Goodell about these PED rumors. Oh, that's that they're so gonna, ridiculous. That the they're going to suspend them. Yeah, that's such bullshit. So please, the NFLPA is a here's testicleless. Uh, they're eunuchs. Here's They've my never argument. fought up for the players. Here's my argument, So they'd be Jeff. railroaded on this, too. Yeah, you know why I don't think they ever do? It's because the star Marijuana players... Marijuana is still illegal! The star <laughs> players are never affected by anything that really happens with the NFLPA because they make their fucking money either way. The the players that are most involved in the NFLPA are mid-tier and lower-tier players. So... I, look at the look at the difference Please between no look at the difference between the NBA Players Association and the NFL Players Association. In the NBA Players Association, who do you always see at the table? Chris Paul, LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony, the big stars. Oh, you mean the guys who get screwed by that by by the CBA? You never see those are the guys who get screwed by the CBA. But I'm saying they take LeBron James should be able to make hundred million dollars a year. No, but that's the point. Is because everybody in the NBA makes money no, the because p- the top players take less than the lower and middle players. It's a con- this has nothing cohesive to do with the topic. unit. No, what the I'm topic saying is the NFL Players Association for N- years has the been point feckless. Is if you go, so don't 18, tell me that they'd stop anything. If you go to 18 games, there is actually a risk of star players getting involved in the NFLPA. I believe that to be the case. You know why the 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 big stars don't give a shit about the preseason? Because they barely play in it. I'm going to finish this real quick. Okay, let's go this, for it. The NFL Players Association has allowed non-guaranteed contracts. They've allowed Roger Goodell to play the king and make this determinations. They've got Tom Brady, a superstar. When did Peyton Manning ever take an interest in the NFL Players Association? 
Never. That's, never. When did Ray Lewis? Never. When did any of the big okay. stars? That's the They're difference. They're not going to stop anything. The okay. NBA players make if, money. If, if the, the NFL, NFL owners, players make significantly if, less. If the Just NFL the, owners said tomorrow, we're going to two preseason games and in 18 regular season games, and, and we're going to have a lockout, and we're going to throw you guys out, and we're going to bring the grocery baggers back like they had in the 80s to play games, the union is feckless. They have no backbone. Gene Smith was a, an abomination. They, if you trade Gene Smith for Donald Fair, the NFL would be a whole different league. Roger Goodell wouldn't be able to suspend a superstar player for four games over nonsense. But we're going to go to the next topic. The union only next has topic. To, we no, the union left. draws its strength from the players. The difference there is no strength exactly because the big stars don't. Which is exactly my it. point. They'd have two regular season games and six, and eighteen regular season games if the owners that, wanted. I believe it. that. I believe that would change. Okay, if, we'll if, see. If the if they tried to do it. All right. Next topic before we go. We got two left. Mitch right. Album. We found out uh, today is going to have a concession stand. You didn't even hear this. What is he going to be uh, offering therapeutic advice no. for a nickel? No, he's going to have a concession stand at Ford Field. He's got that business down at Campus Martius selling water ice or whatever it is that Philadelphia where he's from. Water, water ice. Water, Isn't that the same Flavored thing? water ice. I don't know what the fuck it is. You can go Google it. He's selling he's ice blocks have, of Propel, folks. He's going to have a concession, a concession at Ford Field. Your thoughts? Uh, what's he selling? I just told you. Flavored ice. Flavored ice. Ah. Uh, uh, that's, that's it. Not, that's your point. That's your, it. Your take out of this is that Mitch Album I'm has just, a, I'm, a bad no, product. I'm no, confused. the point is how is the columnist, the lead columnist for the Detroit Free Press, who covers the Lions games? How does this guy have a concession at Ford Field? How is he in partnership in any way with Ford Field and the Lions organization? You're a columnist for the Detroit Free Press. You dumb fuck. If it wasn't bad enough that this guy. Already is taking seven-figure checks for his charity from Matthew Stafford, where exactly. he's completely bought and paid for. He <laughs> exactly. can't criticize the star quarterback. Now he's in partnership. I don't care if it's going to charity. I don't care if it's going to get his ears size decreased. I don't care if it's for the phone book he needs to fucking sit on to drive his Range Rover. I don't give two fucks. A columnist for the Detroit Free Press should not have a concession at Ford Field, the home of the Detroit Lions. What has this world come to? Jeff, he has... Do they teach you anything in that journalism school He has walked over this line so many times to the point where it's hard for me to really get worked up about it. Because you know what? The fact of the matter is, when it comes to journalistic malpractice, where does this even rank for him on the list? Where does it even rank? Is it even in the top five? I don't know. And and the fact that this isn't a gigantic story regarding Mitch Album for you and I says everything you it's, need to it know is about a gigantic it. gigantic story for me. Do you mean screaming? Oh, really? Because we're bringing it up with 10 minutes left in the show. We brought it up because I was picking topics out of a hat, you dumbass. Why are we... <laughs> What's this should fun? be a gigantic thing. How much Did time? I, am I supposed to control mind meld the cup? Jeff, I'm I not was picking Jeff, topics out Jeff, of a cup. Jeff, 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 Jeff. What I'm saying is that this is not, this is not acceptable. It's not okay. Jasper goes to the casino when, it, when, when it, 37 doesn't come up on the roulette wheel for an hour. He thinks there's discrimination against the number 37. No. What I'm saying is that 
When it comes down to it, I'm at the point where I'm almost numb to it. It's like watching a Tarantino movie and getting upset by all the gore. Nobody gets upset by the gore anymore in a Tarantino movie. You know why? Because it's what he does. This is what Mitch Album does. He sells out. I'm sorry. He sells out. It's not that he's selling out. It's not he's selling out. How's he not? (laughs) Because he's not. You see, that's that's the thing. He's not selling out. He's the money that's going to be sold for this flavored Sorry, not ice he's or this water on ice. Ethics. Right again. Right. He's pissing yeah. on ethics. Can I again. finish my point? He's the money is going to charity. The money he received from Matthew Stafford went to build a, uh, a I guess, uh, a recreation center for kids. The money goes to charity. That's not the point. It's not lining his coffers. The point is, you cannot, as a columnist covering the Detroit Lions, have ties. To Matthew Stafford, you cannot have ties to the Ford family, having a concession. You can't do it. What he should do is say, kids are more important to me. I want to have this charity with Matthew Stafford. I want to have this concession stand at Ford Field. So the money will go to charity. I am George Contest TM recusing myself from writing about the Detroit Lions. Jeff, And if not, the Detroit Free Press... A newspaper that already employs a plagiarist who, by the way, hasn't been on SportsWorks now for 10 months because it appears that Dan Miller has more integrity than the editorial board of the Detroit Free Press and their publisher. That same paper doesn't step in and say, Mitch, you're not writing about the Lions anymore. You're too close to Matthew Stafford. You now are selling flavored ice at Ford Field. We are very proud of you for your endeavors in charity, but sorry, we can't let you cover the Lions anymore. You've done a great job for the years. We're going to let this plagiarist over here now cover the team. Uh, Jeff, just like Mitch Album, I'm going to beat a, a, a reference to death. I'm going to bring up another Peanuts point. It, with Mitch Album, with the free press, I'm at the point where uh, I, I feel like Charlie Brown... And they're Lucy with the football. At this point, if you if you even try and pretend as though the sports section of that paper has any sort of real credibility with people who give a shit about journalistic integrity, the joke's on you. The joke's on you. Because the doctor forget this. Everything Mitch Album has done. Since the Mateen Cleaves Jason Richardson thing, has when does been a Anthony joke. Fennick start selling P two cruisers outside Comerica Park? You, you, if you still give the free press and a sports section that employs a plagiarist any sort of credit, if you give them any sort of credibility, you're the fool. Don't keep trying to kick that football, Charlie Brown, because guess what? Lucy's going to take it out of the way, no matter what. I can't even get upset about it anymore. Look, well, the facts. No, the facts speak for themselves. That's fine. It doesn't they change. Speak it doesn't for change. Themselves. It's fine. I, I don't. I don't give I'm them be, anything. I'm going to be calling I, them out on this shit and good. bringing it to attention. Good, and as hopefully, they should be. And hopefully, I write an article. I send it to my friend at the at, at uh, awful announcing, and they post the fact that. But if you're going to what world? What world can you imagine? If you're expecting can you, wait, hold on a anything second. to change can the you, jokes on you. That's fine, but I'm going to bring attention to it. Can you imagine if Peter Vesey opened up a sneaker uh, 
sales at, the, at Madison Square Garden. Do what I do. Just don't read them. Just don't read them anymore. Ignore them because that's the only thing that can hurt them no. at this point. It doesn't hurt that can, them. That can show them that. First of all, I can't ignore it. I got a website that's fucking dedicated oh, okay, to cover that's, it. What am I supposed okay. to do? Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> all right, no, we're, we're right. done. Uh, Jasper will be in New York next week. Maybe we'll call you. And okay, see go how for the it. City of New York is going. For I'll be you. I'll be in uh, JFK. Hopefully, avoiding uh, gunfire. Please, false gunfire. Please, please do me a favor. Since I can't live through myself, I can mm-hmm. only live vicariously through you. Please go on Tinder. Please go on Plenty of Fish over the next few days. Look for some girls. I, I got a date tomorrow. Don't worry about well, it. Well, yeah, but get some dates in New York. Oh. Oh, is oh. the date that girl you showed me that picture of? Different girl. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Living vicarious with you has been horrible. Because I don't, <laughs> so Trust me. Try to do better. Living, living as me is no fucking oh, great shakes itself. Well, <laughs> just wait till you're... 44 almost with a receding hairline and been married for... Please, don't for fucking doing remind same me. For 16 years. Don't remind me that it I've seen your dad's worse hair. from here. I've seen your dad's hair. Don't, again. All right. Good night, everyone. Uh, thanks for joining the DSR podcast. We'll hopefully get a new co-host uh, next week. Uh, I'm sure, maybe I'm we'll sure have a, multiple people are thrilled. Maybe we'll have a win stuttering John's job type of uh, deal. I, I, where we can, I, we can, I, 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 can I, I, I don't yeah. think that's quite fair. We can have people in here and we can vote on <laughs> who, Jeff. who should be the next uh, co-host of the DSR podcast because we are losing co-hosts like uh, Spinal Tap drummers. Good night, everyone. <laughs> You're listening to a previously recorded episode of the Detroit Sports Rag Podcast.